machine to make good marketing where the psychology is intact and like the there's like I think 25 cognitive biases. Yep. Uh, where it doesn't implement where it implements those cognitive biases into like marketing. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host Apple Crider. Today we're sitting down with Renee Lacad to talk about, among other things, social media marketing. Okay, this dude actually was working with Ty Lopez, worked his way up, was working actually pretty closely with Ty Lopez on his marketing team, and from there went off to start his own social media marketing agency with the information, with all the knowledge that he learned from working with Ty. And in, in that space, um, there was a lot of knowledge and a lot of connections to be made. So at this point, he's grown his agency to multiple six figures, closing in on seven figures of revenue with his social media marketing agency, which was crazy because only two years ago, he did $30,000 with his agency. The next year he went up to $250,000 and now he's scaling to even beyond that. So this guy's doing some massive, massive things. He's got a lot of amazing information to share with you guys as far as networking goes, as far as social media marketing goes and, and building an agency. Cause I know a lot of you guys message me every single day. You tell me you're starting a social media marketing agency. You don't know how to get started, how to get clients. We talk exactly about like how to actually go out there, meet clients, network with other business owners that you're not cold calling people. So you're not cold emailing people like these are the strategies that actually work and actually do produce results. And then as far as delivering on results as well, we talk about the strategies that actually make marketing work. We talk a little bit about tactics, but we talk about something that matters a whole lot more than tactics as well. So without further ado, we're going to hop right in to the podcast episode with Renee. I'm super stoked to sit down and chat with this guy. He's somebody who I've been watching for a while on social media, and I really wanted to allow him to share his story with you guys because he's a really young guy as well. Okay, this dude's 23 years old and he's absolutely crushing it. So without further ado, let's hop right into the show. So wherever you're at, whether you are walking the dog, whether you are commuting to work, wherever you are listening to the podcast at today, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with Renee Lacade. All right, Renee, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? Good, brother. How are you? I am doing just fantastic. So, Renee, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you in the intro to this episode. But for those of them that aren't familiar with who you are and what you're currently doing right now, could you give us a quick, like, 60-second snapshot of where you're at right now? Absolutely. So, um, again, my name is Renee Lacade. I am a 23-year-old college dropout who's uh, successfully founded three uh, two six-figure businesses and one seven-figure business. And uh, right now, I've just been kind of traveling around and living my best life, but also helping up, up-and-coming entrepreneurs kind of pave their own way as well. Amazing, man. I love it. I love it. So um, basically, the way I like to start all, of the, all the podcasts off is sort of flashing back in time to your early upbringing. So talking like middle school, high school years. Um, so flashing back like a few years now, maybe like seven years, um, were you somebody who was entrepreneurial at a young age? Were you somebody who took school very seriously? Were you into sports? Like what did that time period look like for you in your early upbringing? Right. So it's funny that you asked that. That's the first time someone's asked me that, like, <laughs> in an interview, like to go back that far. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy to think about. Cause like, now that I think about it, you really got me thinking about <laughs> my first kind of entrepreneurial adventure. I was like nine years old. Wow. And, uh, I, I really, really, really wanted, you know, one of those like inflatable swimming pools that you get and like yeah. you put like in your backyard and you fill it up with water. And I wanted one, but I had a single mom. So she was always at work and I would ask her and she would say like, no, whatever. So being kids, I was like, cool, let's figure this thing out. Me and my friends, it was me, my little brother and my other friend. We went to the mall and there was this claw machine, a giant claw machine. And one of our friends was actually small enough to fit into the thing, <laughs> into the little like yeah. prize thing. So we opened it up. He went to the prize thing crawled in, grabbed a bunch of stuffed animals, and we went door to door selling these things. We would knock, like, hey, we're trying to buy a pool. You want to buy a stuffed animal? Whatever. And uh, we ended up making like 300 bucks. And we're, we're like nine years old. So $300 is like yeah. a lot. Because I remember we did, we did it once. We made like 60. So we doubled up. And we're like, we could sell these. For, we were selling them for like five bucks. But because we were kids, we were like, we could sell them for more. Yeah. Uh, we ended up making like $300 and we bought our pool. And that was like my first like entrepreneurial venture. And I was like nine years old. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> but I never really did anything after that. I obviously got into sports. I did martial arts. So I was very, very competitive all throughout high school. Uh, I did martial arts, basketball. So um, I think that in parallel with 
a little bit of like the entrepreneurship stuff you see online, it really helped me throughout this entire process. For sure. So, so clearly you went to college at least for a little bit. Um, was that ever a big decision for you? Was that like, was the value of like going to college really enforced by your family? Was that a decision that you made yourself? Like, why'd you go to college? It was, so I come from a very, very traditional family. Okay. Like I'm, I'm Filipino. That's my background. My mom is very traditional. So it was always out of the question whether I was going to college. It was almost like a yes. Yeah. Always. So in my head, because I am hearing that for all like 16, 17 years of my life prior to going, I was just like, okay, I'm going to college. Okay, yeah. I'm going to college. Um, so when the time came, right, and keep in mind, I was in high school. I had like a 2.1 GPA. Wow. So I was, I was already kind of struggling with school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I was dumb or anything. I just, it wasn't necessarily, it didn't fit me the way I yeah. learned the process information. So I went to college just because mom wanted me to go. And I remember after a month of being in there, uh, I was kind of like, this sucks. Like, this is shitty. Why do I want to be here? So I stopped going. Technically, I was still enrolled in okay. college. And I just didn't want to tell my mom that I, I wasn't doing it. So I would just, like, literally wake up at 8 in the morning, drive to the college, and fucking, like, hang out for however long, and then just go home. Like, oh, school is cool. Um, wow. So I finally got the courage to tell her, like, hey, this is not for me. This is not helping me grow as a person or learn and it was obviously a very tough decision but you have to do what's best for you sometimes yeah so i mean did you have a plan did you have stuff you were working on or was it really just like i know school isn't for me i don't know what is for me yet um but you just like needed to get out of there yeah so i mean what i did i would not recommend this me looking back like with some foresight yeah i would not recommend what i did to anyone sure i had no plan i was working at a chinese restaurant washing dishes in the back wow and, uh, i had no plan i had no idea I just knew that it wasn't necessarily for me because I, I obviously knew there was something, there's more to life than going to school and then working a nine to five and doing all of that. I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah. I just didn't necessarily have a vehicle to pursue yet. So I, I dropped out kind of, there's a Steve Jobs quote and I love it. It says like, you can't connect the dots looking forward. Only mm. looking back. So I didn't know that quote at the time, but now that I look back at it, and I hear that quote in my head every single time. That's kind of what I did. I dropped out and I let the universe figure it out. <laughs> I love it. So like what happened, man? So you dropped out, you're working, you're washing dishes at this Chinese food place. Um, how do you get to where you're at now? Like fill in the gap. Okay. So this is, this is where it got crazy. <laughs> I'm a big believer in luck. And I don't, I don't mean like, oh, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. I mean, luck as in... There's, a, there's another quote. It's like, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yep. Right? And uh, obviously, I'm working at this Chinese food place. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember this dude with like a suit walks in. And I think like, <laughs> dude with a suit, he must be rich. Let me like pick his brain a little bit. Let me ask. Yeah. And uh, I've always been pretty forward. I, I've always been kind of just like out there as a person. Okay. I was never really like shy. So a dude with a suit walks in. Normally you don't ask. It's not like polite to be like, hey, are you rich? Do you make a lot of money? <laughs> but I'm like, I see this dude and I'm like, oh, he has to be rich. So I go like, I'm like cleaning his tray up and I'm like, hey, like, like how much money do you make? Because he had the suit on. So yeah. I was like, cool. And I asked him what he was doing. And he told me he was in sales, but he was like a car salesman. Hmm. I was like, oh, it's like, do you make a lot of money? And like the guy kind of was like laughing and he was like, oh, like I'm, I'm okay. And I was like, so how do I get a job there? blah 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 and uh he was like here take my card and uh just like apply or whatever Hmm. so i applied to wash i went from washing dishes at a chinese restaurant to washing cars at a (laughs) and from washing cars it's a little bit of a long story i hope you don't mind but okay um i'm washing cars and i go and i was like i want to transfer into sales so i'm washing Hmm. cars i go into sales i learned the sales game a little bit and that was kind of like my first taste at like being able to make my own money. Yeah. Right. Or like it have enough money to, to play with as opposed to making minimum wage, washing cars or washing dishes. Um, and when you're in sales, it's a very competitive environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I did really well at that. Uh, eventually I got bored of that as well. <laughs> I get bored really quickly. It's just, it's just me. What do you I think? Very, 
sorry to jump in, but like, what do you yeah. think made you, you excel in that sales area since you didn't really have any experience with that before? You just have to want to win. You want to be the, you, you have to want to be the best. I see a lot of people talking about like, Oh, you don't have to compete against anyone. Like, mm. like you don't have to worry about it. Just do your best. And that's not how life is. Life is fucking competition. Right. And, and people think like competition is negative and it's not because mm. like, here's, here's my take on it. Like if, you're in business and I'm in business. I'm going to fucking compete with you. Yeah. Right. And it's not like, it's not like me wanting you to do bad. I want you to do as good as you can. Just know I'm going to do better. <laughs> exactly, man. Like you're not tearing down other people's buildings. You're just building the tallest building. Exactly. That's a awesome. That's fire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think that's what helped me in sales. And that was just, just kind of been my mindset with like sales and entrepreneurship. Um, and okay. from there I heard about, I guess I was at the sales job and I was starting to get bored again. Right? <laughs> and uh, my little brother watches a lot of YouTube and he saw this guy, Ty Lopez. Yeah. Classic. So he, uh, he was like, Hey, this guy's hiring. You should apply to go work for him. I was like, for sure. I go and apply. I ended up getting a job working for Ty. And that year was probably like pivotal. Cause that's where I did so much growing. I 10 X yeah. my knowledge, uh, just being around that environment helped me, I guess, know everything I know now. And it leveled me up as an entrepreneur. For sure. So like what, what kind of stuff are you doing for Ty? So initially when I applied, I was doing customer support stuff. Okay. Um, and there's always a natural progression whenever you start something new. Yeah. So I was doing kind of like customer support stuff for Ty, uh, learning a little bit. And eventually I transitioned into sales and then marketing. So mm -hmm. I was doing sales and marketing. Because the way I look at marketing, which is what I look at as like my bread and butter now, it's sales without having to physically talk to someone <laughs> so sales with like letting a computer do the, do the work for you. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I ended up getting into sales and then doing marketing for Ty and Ty is like the marketing God. Like he's, he's Straight a beast. Up. So I learned, I learned so much doing his marketing and, uh, that's what kind of changed my life. Yeah. So was that all like remote work or did you actually go out there? Oh, it was cool. So initially, like, there was an office, but then I started working from this house. Really? Like, Beverly Hills Mansion. Yeah, <laughs> I was working in this house, and it's cool. Like I said, the biggest part about it wasn't like the technical skills. Mm -hmm. You you can learn that online. Like people <laughs> always think like life is like this technical game, Never. and like that's only half of it. That's yeah. only half. Of it. A lot of it's mindset and like connections as well. So working for Ty, you pick up like. Like you see how he thinks and you're able to watch it and duplicate it and absorb it like a sponge. And then you yeah. also build a lot of like connections with, with really cool people, really smart people, the people you want to be around. So what made like looking back at it now, like connecting these dots, what do you think made you get that position over everyone else who applied? I, I want to say, like I said, I, I don't say I'm lucky with a lot of stuff because I built a lot of this stuff myself. Yeah. But with stuff like that, you apply, it's the, at the right time, the opportunity popped up at the right time and I took it. And um, I, I took like a little test that uh, Ty has, I interviewed and they liked what I had to say. Hmm. So it was just, everything lined up perfectly for me to get the job. But it wouldn't have been there if I hadn't applied and I hadn't gone and I hadn't gone through the process. Exactly. Cause like, like you said before, man, like luck is a mix of like the opportunities you're given and like the decisions that you make, because like that opportunity could have come and you could have said, ah, they never hire me or like, ah, I'm not really about that. But like you yeah. chose to take action. Like the bus came to the station and you got on the bus. You didn't just let it drive by you. So I think that's really important that you brought that up. Exactly. And, and here's the thing too, like this was one of my biggest hesitations doing it. I'm, I live, I used to live like an hour and a half out of LA. Mm-hmm. Um, two hours in traffic so for this job to be in like Hollywood Beverly Hills I was gonna be commuting like two hours wow. whereas most people would be like no I was <laughs> like hey like this is this is something I need to do so I ended up doing that so that's that's kind of one of the things like yeah other people might have said like oh it's too far away but you have to look at like the positives and you always look at the upside never the downside Mm, exactly. So how were you able to, well, first of all, like how long did it take you to get from that customer support position to the place where you're like working in Ty's house, doing marketing alongside him? Uh, that it took me about a year and a half. Okay. A year and a half. Um, and it's just honestly sticking through it. 
it's it's being adaptable and, and changing with your environment. Hmm. A lot of people like expect there's no magic pill. Like a lot of people expect it to happen really fast. Stuff doesn't happen fast. Like like if you want to be buff, if you want to be fit, right? You go to the gym and it's consistency as opposed to going once and all of a sudden you're fit. Yeah. Right. So that ultimately that's what it is. You have to really put in the work and everything takes time in life and you gotta know that. When you start a new business, it's not gonna become a million dollar business overnight. You gotta put the work in and you don't know, maybe in six months it's a million dollar business. Maybe it takes a year. But regardless, you gotta take that time and put the work in. And you gotta be conscious of the fact that everything in life takes time, nothing changes instantly. Straight up, straight up. So I know there's no magic pill, but do you have any like insider advice that you got doing marketing with Ty Lopez that you think could bring some value to our listeners here today? Anything you like picked up while you were working there? Yes, yes, bunch of stuff. Okay. Um, and most of it, marketing deals strictly with like how frictionless a process is. Um, hmm. And when I say that, you want to make it easy for your customers to buy a product for you or a service from you or or you want to provide them so much value that they want to, right? Because yeah. a lot of people think marketing, when they think marketing, they think like flashy, you got to do something flashy or cool. And like, that's the case most of the time, but that's on the outside. On the inside, what it is, is essentially, let's say it's like Amazon's a great example. Like people don't think of Amazon as like master marketers, but you go on their website, there's a button that says buy now and you click it and it buys it for you. <laughs> how, like how easy is that? Like, and then it's there the next day. It's so easy for our brains to process. We're just kind of like, oh, cool, buy now, right? Yeah. Um, all of these big businesses make their processes very easy. So as far as marketing, one click and you're there on the website, one click and you buy and like you're good to go. And it makes it awesome. It's either that or they're providing you a lot of value. Here's a really good example. And mm -hmm. I think you're, you're good at marketing just for this. Um, when you reached out to me to do this podcast, mm. you didn't just send me a message like, hey, do you want to do this? podcast right i probably would have i, I don't want to sound mean but i probably would have ignored it yeah i would i like didn't know who you were like it didn't go into my main inbox it went to like my dm request mm -hmm. but i remember i said like uh it said like apple Crider uh requested <laughs> a video and i was like a video right i go and i check it out and it's you talking and you're like hey renee what's up blah blah, blah. i want to jump <laughs> my podcast like it was but here's the thing it was also super frictionless it wasn't a two minute video no. that I'm watching be like, it was 15 seconds. Uh, you had, you said my name, you had people I knew on there. I was like, this guy's awesome. I love this. <laughs> and I was like, I am, I'm so down. So I have like a appreciation for good marketing, uh, or good process. Cause that's major, major, major. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to like, I see a lot of people, especially like, like when I check out people's like drop shipping stores, they'd be like, Hey, could you like look this over for me? Like different things that they're doing. Like they have so many hoops that the buyer has to jump through before they can make a purchase. And it's like, if the person wants to give you money, like let them give you their money and like give them what they want. Like don't make it overcomplicated. Exactly. Exactly. Cause people will say like, or I've seen things where it's like to buy, you have to sign up for an account. And it's like, well, <laughs> It. fuck your store i don't want to buy anymore exactly i'm not going to take 30 seconds to like sign up for an account confirm my yeah. email like i just want to buy this like yeah exactly so that's that's major in terms of marketing that's 100 friction making the customer's life easier better yep that, that's what it's all about. So now you're working with Ty, you, you made your way up to, to sort of working on the marketing team. What came next for you? Like when did you decide to branch out and do your own stuff? Were you already doing that while you were working with Ty or was that something that came later? So this is where it, uh, I guess this is where networking comes in, hmm. right? Cause that's one of the things I picked up from Ty is you got to network. So I was actually uh, at a poker game. I'm playing okay. poker with guys. And I'm not too much of a gambler. I don't want to say I'm like, I'm like a professional poker player. Sure. The networking value, you have a lot of guys here just like hanging out, talking, chopping it up. And one of my friends was like, hey, how, like you do marketing for Ty, how come you haven't started, like, have you thought about doing it for other businesses or other people? I was like, I haven't really thought about it. I, I can kind of do it. Um, it's definitely something I'd want to look into, right? Mm -hmm. And that got, it got the wheel spinning in my head. Yeah. Hey, why, why am I not doing this on my own? I know I have, like, I know what to do, fully capable. Why don't I do it? And uh, that's when I started, I just kind of started this social media agency. Ty had the course. I kind of had my expertise on the technical stuff and I started the agency. 
and I got my first client. Paying me like two grand a month. Yeah, it was super cool. Super simple, super cool. I was doing it on the side for a little bit. And eventually, business started to pick up. Business started to pick up, and more and more people started coming in. So there was a transition point from when I was at Ties to just doing the business full time. And once the business blew up, it, it really blew up because mm-hmm. I was no longer at Ties. I have all this time to dedicate onto my business, and it just skyrocketed from there. And you go through, again, the natural progression, the natural level ups, and uh, you kind of figure it out. And it went from making, the business was making 36, I think 2017, the business made like 30 grand. And then 2018, it did a quarter million. Wow. That is yeah. some growth right there. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's insane. It's crazy. So was it tough for you to like leave working with Ty? I mean, obviously the money was coming in, so that might not have been a huge issue, but like as far as like the, the network that you built there and the relationship that you built? Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily. I think, I think it's like you find a time where it's like, it's better for everyone if you just mm-hmm. separate. Like you got what you needed. Yeah. And I don't want to say that because I could still learn so much from, from obviously sure, being yeah. high and like, in that environment but it would have been because here, here's the thing i wasn't necessarily 100 percent focused on my job at ties yeah so i was doing i guess them a disservice over there by not being 100 percent focused on my job hmm. and uh if there's anything i hate it's when like people do a bad job and i know that i see that with my employees now like i can kind of tell when someone's being lazy or not yeah. trying their best or doesn't have like the best interests of the company so as far as like with Ty, I think it's better that I'm, I wasn't there or I'm not there anymore just because I, my interest is focused on my, growing my business and my company. So sure. and, and I'm on good terms with everyone over there. Oh yeah. Uh, I was literally playing basketball at Ty's house like a couple weeks ago <laughs> and uh, I'm good friends with like everyone over there. I love the team over there. They're doing a great job. Oh, so when you were working there, what kind of stuff were you doing? You said it was more on the technical side, but was it like, were you doing like Facebook ads, Google ads, like social media stuff or what? So it was, it was a little mix of everything, primarily okay. Facebook and Google ads. Um, but the coolest part about being with Ty is like, he, he's so like adaptive. Mm-hmm. So naturally I got to dabble with like chatbots, mm. and uh, I got to meet with like Google reps telling us like the new and upcoming stuff for Google. I get to test like all the new features on Facebook because they have specialized accounts where they spend a lot of money so they have like these access to these beta features first Hmm. Uh, and that really like it got my my head thinking about it like i want one of these accounts so i can start doing stuff on my own where i can test all this stuff so there was a little bit of everything and then also like ties big on marketing psychology Mm -hmm. because like i said the technical stuff you can learn like it's it's clicking buttons it's making the machine do the work uh you can't make a machine I mean, you, you can't, you can with like AI and stuff, but, <laughs> but like you can't make a machine to make good marketing where the psychology is intact. And like the, there's like, I think 25 cognitive biases Yep. Uh, where it doesn't implement, where it implements those cognitive biases into like marketing. Hmm. So the psychology part was huge. Absolutely. And Ty is a master at that. I mean, that dude is right. extremely well read and he knows like so much stuff about psychology okay. that it's just like blows my mind every time he opens his mouth like <laughs> dude is sharp yeah so now basically so you transitioned into your marketing agency you got your first client for like two thousand dollars a month and then you you were able to scale pretty pretty quickly from there it seems um how were you building your business was it just word of mouth the network that you met through working with ty were you marketing yourself to people like how'd that look so it was a little bit of Word of mouth, because a lot, a lot of like the kids nowadays. I feel it's weird saying kids, because I feel like I'm a kid, but <laughs> yeah. a lot of the kids nowadays think that social media to scale social media agency, you have to go and talk to businesses. Yeah. Call, and I wasn't necessarily the type of person that liked that, so I did two two things to grow it a lot. Um, one, I did a lot of networking, because hmm. when you meet people and you meet business owners in a setting that's they're not when a business owner is at work. They're in work mode. Yep. They don't want to entertain like a kid trying to sell them. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then when you cold call someone, it's the same thing. Like you, you might catch them at a bad time. They might be at dinner. So I would go to these networking events and meet business owners and talk to them outside of that setting where they're, they're more open to hear me pitch. Hmm. And that was one way to do it. And then naturally those people give you referrals. 
those people send you business. If they don't take your business, they send you business. So every connection is important. But I also uh, did like a cool little trick where I was sending emails out to just a bunch of business owners, mm-hmm. sending them to my website, and then retargeting all of them with Facebook ads. Oh. <laughs> so now all these business owners are like, who's this kid that keeps popping up on my Facebook? And they have no idea how I ended up on their computer. Mm. But I sent them an email, got them all that. So it was, it's, it was like a pretty like sneaky trick, but it worked. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So as far as networking goes, do you have any sort of, I mean, clearly you've, you've learned a lot about networking through, through building that relationship with Ty and his team and then building your agency. Um, do you have any advice to the young listener, like 18, 19, 20 years old who wants to start expanding their network, whether that is with other entrepreneurs or with other business owners to grow an agency? Like what are some of the best ways you mentioned networking events, but like, how do you go out there and meet people? Where's the best place to do it? So one is just, is just, like networking is a, is, it's kind of like sales. It's a contact sport. Mm. Like you have to go and meet as many people as possible. Um, a lot of people make the mistake to go and network. I want to go network and they only try to meet people that are above them. And it's, I understand what they're saying. People are not being mean. If someone's above you and they don't want to network with you, they're not being mean. You're just not worth their time. You're not providing them any value. Uh, so you have to go and provide value to people and the people you'll be able to provide the most value for are people that are kind of in the similar positions as you, right? So you would go and just meet as many people as possible. Cause eventually let's say I have, I have a friend and everyone knows this guy. I, I kid you not everywhere we go, like six people will stop and recognize him like, Hey, I know you. Hey, I know you. And, but the, here's the thing. He goes out every single night, whether it's to a party, whether it's to a networking event, whether it's a social gathering, he'll go out with the intentions of just meeting people being friends with everyone. So wherever he goes, he's like recognized. Hmm. So just go out and like, don't be afraid to talk to people, but keep in mind, you have to do it a lot. Yeah. You can't just go out. Like I'm going to go network once and you network once and like expect to meet the best person in your life. It's like dating. If you're dating, like, yeah, you might find the love of your life with the first person you date, but most likely you're going to have to date a couple people to kind of figure out like, what you like and who you like and to find the one. So same thing with networking. You got to go out and get, talk to a bunch of people to find like the right person that you need to help build your business or scale your business. For sure. So now talk to the listener. Cause I'm sure there's people out there who are thinking, well, man, I'm in like rural Utah out here. Like there's no events. There's no other people. Like, what do I do? So like, how would you advise the person who, who is kind of far away from anything like substantial to go about like meeting people, growing their network, social media, social media. That's like the, best tool we have <laughs> literally i met you through social media Straight right up. right social media is awesome because you can literally talk to everyone there are dozens of people or sorry thousands of people that are ready are trying to meet people on social yeah. media dozens of people that dm me every day saying like hey how are you like what's going on how can we connect etc mm-hmm. etc so you can go and connect with those people you can go and connect with me you can connect with everyone um, you can engage with anyone in any part of the world. You can have video communication where it's like you're there with them, like stuff through platforms like Zoom. You can have 10 people on the Zoom right now. Yeah. We could all be, we could all be networking and masterminding and thinking. So social media, it's free. You can reach out to anyone. There's literally no excuse to not have social media. Straight up. I mean, DMs are crazy. Like I've, I've, I'm just floored at like the amount of people that I'm able to connect with over DMs that like, like these people like never take meetings with anyone. They charge tens of thousands of dollars for like an hour of their time. And like, you can straight up send them a DM on Instagram. And if you can provide value to them in their business, like you can sit down with them and talk to them for an hour on a podcast or like just ask them a question. Like there's, there's so much value and there's so much like people you can meet through these platforms that it's just, it, it blows my mind to think about it. Like this has never been available before. Mm-hmm. And like I said, all it is, 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 providing value if you say hey if i send a dm that says hey no one's gonna fucking reply to that no it goes and it's like uniform it's not even just a business thing it's a person thing if if you slide in a girl's dms and you're like hey like he's not gonna reply to you but if you come in and you provide value like a great example i'm gonna go back to what you did you sent a video personalized it wasn't like a copy paste video it was a personalized video to me it took you 15 seconds but that 15 seconds made a world of difference. 
because I was like, this is badass. I even messaged you back. I was like, yo, I appreciate like <laughs> you did this. You did this really, really well, and I appreciate that. So stuff like that is is fucking game changing, dude. Straight up, dude. And like you said, it took 15 seconds, guys. Like you have 15 seconds to reach out to somebody you look up to that you want to learn from, that you want to network with. Like you can take that time. It does not take any time at all. Like it, it, you already have your phone in your hand. You're already on your phone. You're already on Instagram for like 18 hours a day. Like use 15 of those seconds to like send a quick DM and like you never know what could happen. Right, exactly. So earlier in the show, you mentioned that you um, have been building out your team, you know, have some employees that work for you. Um, talk to us about that process, because I know some of the younger listeners have been DMing me. They want to know how to grow. They've gotten their business to a certain point. Now they want to start scaling it. So when did you start bringing on additional help to, to grow your business? Okay, that's a, that's a really good question. So there's two ways to build a team. Mm -hmm. There's one way is you're building a team where you guys have equity together. Right. And this is how a lot of like beginners start. If you don't have upfront capital or money to pay employees, yeah. you want to just build a team with people that are have expertise in different things. Um, good example. If I wanted to have the biggest podcast in the world, mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily like that super outgoing, super energetic, like cool guy. I would go to like Apple Crider and be like, Hey dude, do you want to be the face of this podcast? I will do all the marketing for it and then we'll team up on it. And mm -hmm. then I don't know, let's say we needed, someone to do PR, we would find a PR person that's good yep. at PR and to blow this thing up and we would split it three ways. So that's one way to build a team where you guys are all working for free with a common goal, with a common end goal. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's how a lot of beginners would start. If you have money up front, building a team gets a little bit harder because let me tell you, the hardest part about building this team out is finding the right people. Yeah. Right. Cause no one's going to have your vision. No one's going to be you. I can't duplicate Renee. You can't dupl duplicate yourself. So you have to find people that are just as dedicated to your vision and just as dedicated to working hard at it. And that's hard to find. It's very, very difficult. It's difficult to duplicate yourself. It's diff difficult to find people like that. But if you, if you go through enough people, you go through the process enough, um, you'll find them. And I always tell everyone this, you don't always want, Sometimes you want a, like a blank slate. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want like, I wouldn't necessarily want someone that's an expert at Facebook ads. Cause then they might, it might just be too difficult to like train them. Yeah. How I want to train them for my system. So when I get my employees, I tend to get like a lot of like my friends that I've known for a long mm -hmm. time, blank slates, like, or a lot of kids that are really eager, eager to learn. Yeah. Cause that's the best. Cause you can, you can kind of mold them into, into the person kind of like the entrepreneur you want them to be or the worker you want them to be. And they're able to, to pick up information very, very quickly if they're eager to learn. Hmm, for sure. So like, what were some of the first things that you started hiring people on for? Um, customer support. Hmm. Customer support is like very essential. And you normally you can do that offshore. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in providing just like excellent service to, to everyone or doing like an excellent job. So I actually hired my best friend to come work huh. for me. Yeah. And um, he was doing like customer support. Like he was on my right hand man. So he does like operations, customer support. Now he does like a lot of operational stuff and he has an assistant, but he does customer support. Uh, he started with there kind of same way I started with Ty. I was doing customer support, mm -hmm. some assistant stuff. And from there you can teach them like the qualities and the mindset they need to succeed at a big level. Cause mm -hmm. if you can succeed at a small level, all you've got to do is duplicate that on the next level those same qualities and those same like factors all move, like they all scale with you. So Straight a lot up. of people like are lazy and you ne you don't want to give those people big responsibilities because it's going to be lazy with those big responsibilities too. Hmm. So if, if you, someone could do a great job at little things, they'll do a great job at all the big things also. Interesting. So how do you go about like, you said a lot of the people that you hire are your friends, but like, how do you go about like vetting the people that you do hire, making sure they're going to do a good job? So what, what happens the way I've hired in the past is mm -hmm. I just go on social media and I have a little bit of a platform. So I'll just go on there and say, Hey, I'm hiring. Who wants to come work for me? And you'll get, I want to say from just some social media alone, you'll get hundreds of submissions. Right. And then, yep. uh, usually in my social media, I'll say, give me one reason I should hire you. Hmm. Something like that. Cause you can tell like one sentence says a lot. Yeah. So they'll say a bunch of those, the ones I find interesting, I'll go and I'll hop on a call with those people right away to hmm. say, Hey, 
why should I hire you? Why should I work for you? And you can kind of, you can kind of feel it. Some people will say, Oh, I'll work for you for free. Like, please hire me. And those are kind of the people you want. Cause not to obviously have them for free, but because if they're willing to work for free, that just means they're, they're really dedicated. They're really hungry to learn. Yep. They're, they're just, they're, they're bought in completely. I want people just as, as passionate and bought in as I am. That's the truth, man. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got started. Cause I built an agency um, probably close to two years ago now, but yeah, I just started by working for free for people, found influencers I look up to offered them services for free and then just built a business off referrals. They saw that I was providing value. They started paying me. Um, and, and within no time I was making significant money for, for whatever an 18, 19 year old. So like, I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate of working for free and like, like you got to hustle it out. You got to prove yourself. Um, before like because if you're just getting started too like and you don't have the skill set like work for free build those skills like make yourself a more valuable individual and then over time you're gonna be able to build that business on the back of that right and and that's that's i can i can attest to that also because like i said my first client was like two grand yeah i'm taking two grand clients to 10 grand clients and then now i don't even take any more clients i only do equity deals wow so that's it's like a like i said it's a progression but that kid that got a $2,000 retainer, he would not be able to get a, a $50,000 equity deal, right? True. The only reason I'm able to get it now is because I provide value, I know what I'm doing, I have a system, I have processes, and it's like proven results also. So, mm. so as far as like continuing, like I, I'm a firm believer in like continuing education and always, always be learning, always be leveling up your skill sets. Um, are you constantly like learning more about the platform? I mean, clearly, you know, a lot about marketing, social media at this point, are you still like pursuing education and pursuing more information and like learning more? Always dude. Always. Cause the moment you stop learning, someone's going to take your spot. Remember how we were talking about being competitive earlier, right? Yep. I'm still competitive. There's still people above me that I want to beat. There's still people that are below me that are trying to beat me. So it's, it's like this constant, like, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a jungle. Like, <laughs> regard, like, obviously it's like a, I guess a polite jungle. Everyone's nice <laughs> to each other, but it's a jungle. Nonetheless, people are competing. Right. And sure. I, I still call, I get on calls with my Google reps all the time or my Facebook reps and talk to them about the new stuff coming out in terms of like text, technical expertise. I still read, read every day. Um, just kind of like keep my brain active and learning and growing. I still go to these networking events. It's not like just because you you go and you you kind of achieve your goals doesn't mean you stop. You just mm. set new goals. Mm. What does your goal setting process look like? I so I don't do anything because a lot of people are like, what's your 20 year goal? And it's like sure. shit, bro. I like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so far away from now. Like so far, dude. Like if you would have asked me when I was like 13, like what my my 10 year goal was, it never would have been this. So mm. I set I tend to set goals that are fairly short term. Uh, about I set a six month goal, a one year goal, and a two year goal. Okay. And I try to hit those benchmarks. And then obviously I I set like, like here's a here's a good example. When I was sure. 2015, I wanted to buy like a, like I wanted to get I wanted to drive like a BMW i8, like one of those the BMWs with like the doors go up. Yeah. And I tweeted it. I was like, soon one day I put like it was exact car. And then a couple months ago, I ended up getting the car and that was kind of like, almost like, Hey, I set this goal in 2015 and I reached it. Um, I didn't necessarily know how mm -hmm. I just, that's what I wanted. So when I set a goal, like I set it and I'm like, cool, I'm going to find a way to get there. Hmm. I don't necessarily even have like the pathway in mind. Cause some people, I think they set goals reverse. They're like, I do this and this and this and this and this, this should be my goal. But I feel like you set a goal or there's like another saying, I know I'm talking a lot of quotes, but no, you're good. shoot for the stars. If you miss, you'll land on the moon. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's how I set my goals. That's my goal setting process. Huh? Super, super interesting. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, so as far as like refining your goals, like, like, do you, do you recalibrate over time or do you just like, like once you get that six months, you like reset and do something else? Uh, so I tend to set something pretty realistic. Okay. When I, when I'm setting these goals, you can kind of gauge it. So let's say I have a, a six month goal. I want to make a million dollars. I want to generate a million dollars in revenue sure. over the next six months. Right. Um, I'll look at it. So first month I'll say like, okay, we did cause I don't know, a million divided by six, like close to 200 grand a month, 180 sure. grand a month, whatever. First month, let's say I only do 50 grand in revenue. Mm -hmm. Like 
I'm like, oh shit, like we're behind on this goal. So next month we push it a little bit harder. We're still behind, we push it a little bit harder. But I never tend to like, I don't want to sell myself short. If I do 50 grand that first month, I'm not going to say, oh, a million's too high. Let me put my goal down or like, let me put my goal lower. I just say, mm-hmm. no, fuck it. I'm going to go harder this next month. I'm going to go harder this next month. And I'm still going to try and hit that goal. If I don't hit it, big deal. As long as I did everything in my power to try and reach it. Mm. That's the truth. Now, Renee, at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that you had, I believe it was three different like businesses that you're kind of working on right now. Is that, is that what you said? Right. Okay, cool. How do you balance your focus between these uh, three different businesses? Like, um, I'm sure like me, myself, I have a couple of things that I'm working on. So like figuring out how to like split my time, energy, resources between different projects. Um, how, how do you manage that? So like I said, I do have some staff on, on each of these businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I kind of balance it, because there's, there's a few different categories, I guess. There's the e-commerce stuff, right? And then there's like the service-based business. And then there's like the agency marketing stuff. Well, so one's marketing for myself. Two are marketing for myself. One is marketing for other people. Mm-hmm. The two that are marketing for myself, I'll, I'll set up the initial marketing and strategy. And I'll talk with my business partners and we'll develop a strategy. And then we have people that, like I said, my best friend, he's, he's my operations guy. He'll go and start executing on some of this stuff and he'll give me feedback on like how it's going hmm. so i'll say hey here's the strategy this is what i planned out go and do this for me and he'll report to me i don't know every couple of days every week how it's going if he needs my direct attention on it uh what our next step should be and that's how those two tend to work the digital marketing agency i tend to like supervise a lot of people doing that stuff as well so the way it works is i i've almost stepped out of the marketing completely hmm. I look at everything more of a macro and then like the the micro stuff i have staff that does it for me so that way i don't spread myself too thin i'm able to travel and go places and kind of live my life but i'm also able to make sure these businesses keep scaling and growing and we're hitting our goals every quarter mm, i love it so can you give us an idea of like how many roughly people you have on staff right now across these different businesses across the three different ones we have about nine nine eight or nine i have to have to check I think it's like nine because people like i said people come and go like people is the hardest part about growing a business that's my biggest advice to anyone growing a business people having the right people on your team because uh there's grant cardone said something and it was like people are scared to pay employees but employees don't cost you anything like mm. that's the best way to think about it because a good employee is worth 10 times more than like a bad employee so Right now we have about eight or nine people on, on the teams um, and they, between the three businesses. Mm, that's the truth. And I mean, like you said, like once you find a good person, like I've been learning this myself, like you, you pay them enough money to keep them around because like the process of finding somebody else and then like refilling that position and then like trying to keep your head afloat while, while that position is empty. It's, right. it's a struggle, man. It's a like struggle. Retraining, retraining that person. It's just like, oh yeah, it's just, it's bad. So you go on, you want to take care of everyone. I think if people are providing you value, you got to take care of them. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I mean, yeah, man, like you said, like if you got a good employee, like you, you, like even what you pay them, if you think it's a lot, like it's, it's a 10th of what they're worth because like the value that somebody can add to your business and just like, it's, you're not quite duplicating yourself, but you're, you're making yourself more scalable and really just taking that business to the next level where you couldn't go like just yourself. Exactly. Yep. All right. Renee, give me one second. I got to plug in my computer really quick, but then I got a couple more questions for you. For sure, man. Where are you from, by the way? Thought we were going to make it all the way through, but it wasn't going to happen. (laughs) <laughs> my editor can yeah. chat that out though so it's no big deal oh yeah no it's fine it's, all right it's cool 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 all right renee you've been dropping so much value on our listeners and i'm extremely appreciative for that before we do wrap up the show though i do have some questions that i like to ask all of my guests so are you feeling ready for those i'm ready man fire away it's like a game show <laughs> <laughs> exactly man i should start a game show i would love that i would love that so much all right, so Renee, what is, what is something that genuinely has you uh, excited right now, either in your business, in the wider realm of, of social media marketing? Um, what's something that's got you fired up? 
so as far as like my businesses go, I have a lot of stuff that's like at a tipping point. Mm. It's at a tipping point. So um, this stuff is either going to blow up and I'm just going to level up like crazy this next year, or it's just going to go bad and be very, very <laughs> sad. But I like to think it's going to be like the first one. Um, so I'm, I'm so excited about that. And again, like all the changes, like people are finally catching up to the social media generation. Yeah. They're finally appreciating all this stuff that the kids are doing and this new generation is doing. So I really fuck with that. I love it. Hmm. Any, anything you can share with us about those tipping points or is it kind of under wraps for now? Some of it's under wraps. Uh, I just started pre-production on a show that I'm doing. So a YouTube show, TV show, what are we talking about? Yeah. So it's going to be, we're, we're still talking to people. So okay. I can't say okay. So okay. Okay. distribution, but it's going to be like a, a docu-series type thing um, where it, it follows, it's following me around like a follow my life around. It's going to be super high production value. Uh, we have a pretty big budget. It's going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. That's awesome, man. Doing some Gary Vee type shit over there. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, the next thing I'm curious about is, uh, do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business, your lifestyle, but just things that uh, you do on a regular basis, help you get to that next level? That's a great question, bro. Awesome question. Um, one organization i have a couple different ones and i think about this a lot organization like if you're not organized with the way you do things you're just going to be everywhere your time is going to be dispersed you're going to be spread really thin yeah systems being organized and having a system super important um being competitive i don't know if that's necessarily habit but get in the get in the habit of playing to win and just being the fucking best like you can be like play to win be the best like it's okay to be upset if you lose like i feel society tells us like oh don't worry if you lose participation trophy and it's like <laughs> no fuck that i want to win like by wanting to win it's it's going to help you in business and in life because you're not going to treat it treat everything with a grain of salt you're going to be in there doing it to do something good hmm. do you and have then, any advice oh sorry yeah and i was gonna say one last thing also it's just be i guess being good to people like there's a misconception with entrepreneurship or business that shitty people are like entrepreneurs. It's kind of mm. like, no, we're not all like that. Like we're just super cool. Obviously we're, some of us might be critical, but that's just cause we really care about our business and we're passionate about it. So be good to people. That's it. That's what's up, man. Be like, that's, that's the philosophy that I live by. Honestly, like be good to people, like give freely because like if you help enough other people, like Jim Rohn says, man, you help enough other people pay their bills, your bills go away. So like give freely, be a good person. Like that's, that's the name of the game. Exactly. dude. Yeah. I love it. So bouncing back to organization really quick. Do you have any uh, tips for the younger listeners who are just getting started in entrepreneurship? They haven't built any real habits, good or bad. Like how can they start to incorporate systems into what they're doing to make things more scalable and just flow better? Build a daily routine. Uh, a lot of, a lot of these guys say like, Hey, I want to build a business. I'm ready to invest all this money. And it's like, Whoa, before you even do that, like build a routine, like have, have everything in your life under wraps before you go and throw money, money at stuff. Cause when you start throwing money and stuff, shit gets real. So build a daily routine, have a morning routine. I have a morning routine, yep. I have midday routine and I have like a, a wind down routine, hmm. but daily routines add structure into your life. And then you start looking at, at your business in that way as well. So it just has you more organized. It dictates your mood throughout the day and it helps you work too, because me in the middle of the day, I know I have to work. Me in the morning, I know how I kind of have to do the stuff I have to do. And then me at night, I know what I have to do. So when you always have a, a, when you have a structure and you're organized, you always have a sense of direction. You always know what you need to do. Yeah, exactly, man. And like my mornings are key. Like I win the morning, I win the day because it just gets me in my zone. I'm like feeling good. I know if I have that on point morning, it's just going to drive the rest of my day forward. And again, man, like you said, you need to have that sense of direction because if you're sitting there and it's like 11am and you're like, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could do the other thing. Like you're just wasting so much time and you just need to know like, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to work on this, that we're going to plow through all these different projects, get your goals, knock them off the list. Like having that routine is, is really, really important, at least for me, especially. 100%, dude, 100%. So Renee, um, is there any content that you're consuming right now, whether that's audiobooks, books, podcasts, YouTube channels, like is there any uh, content you're taking in? Consume a lot of Gary Vee. Hmm. I love Gary Vee. Uh, I've been consuming a lot of Gary Vee lately. As far as like books, I always tend to like read a lot. So 
Um, nothing in specific. I just read Shoe Dog like last month and that was fire. And then I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's book and that was fire. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm as far as online, consuming a lot of Gary Vee. Um, yeah. Cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. So one thing that I'm also super curious about as well is what the guests that I have on the show do that they, they choose not to scale. So to give you some context of what I'm talking about real quick, um, every single day I'll pull out my phone, um, I'll hop on Instagram and I'll shoot like five to 10 video DMs to new followers just being like, hey, Renee, how's it going? Thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know if there's any way that I can help you out in anything that you're doing. Have a wonderful day. Something super simple like that literally takes me like a minute to send out like five of these things to just like five random people. Um, and, and that's something that I just choose to do because it's important to me to like start those conversations. And it's not something that I bring one of my VAs on to just send out all day because again, that takes away from the purpose of it. It's, the purpose is to like actually connect with the audience. So is there anything in, in any of the businesses that you run that you choose not to scale and, and keep that personal touch to? No, I fucking scale everything. <laughs> <laughs> trying to take over the world. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I get what you're saying, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll still, I guess my personal brand is the only thing where I won't choose to scale completely. But we're still growing the personal brand, but I'll still interact with people myself. It's not like I'm having someone else talk to you because I, I think that's fake. So, yeah, everything on social media is still me. Still me. It's still authentic. Um, but, yeah, everything else, I'm take off. <laughs> I love it, man. That's like competition, man. You got to build that tallest building. You can't be messing around. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Renee. Well, where can our listeners go if they've been enjoying all the valuable information you've been bringing to us today, all the amazing wisdom you've been dropping, where can they go to follow up with you, learn more about you and what you're up to right now? So you guys can actually follow me on Instagram at Renee Lacard, R-E-N-E-L-A-C-A-D. Or you can go to ReneeLacad.com and I'll have all my socials on there. Awesome. And I'll be sure to drop both of those in the show notes for this episode as well for y'all to find. Renee, again, man, just want to say that I really do appreciate you. Um, and do you have any last sort of words of wisdom or anything you want to wrap the show up with here today? Nothing much, man. I'm going to say what Steve Jobs said, put a dent in the universe. There we go. There we go. Renee, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Appreciate you choosing to spend here on Young Smart Money. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you. Take care. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day.